The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome to Volcast Illuminating Leadership this week. So happy you could be with us. It is another gorgeous day in Virginia. Um, Tuesdays appear to be our beautiful day, Lee. So it, it is. That's uh, Lee Hubert. I'll introduce him in a moment. For my folks that are calling in from uh, or listening in from China and Germany, Italy, Japan, Pakistan, Vietnam, New Zealand, Israel, thanks so much for listening. And then all across the United States, it is election day. <clears throat> Thank goodness we got here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it has been a heck of a journey just to get here. You mean we can't extend it? Don't we want to hear more? <clears throat> no, I'm good. I think that okay. the uh, maybe our advertisers, uh, <laughs> uh, Fox, CNN, etc., have enjoyed all the uh, dollars they've gotten. For there, this. You go. there you go. But I think it is time. So today is about time to be present. That's the name of our show. And so today we'll be going over time management tips and suggestions. Um, I really appreciate all the folks all over the U.S. and all over the world that have been listening in to our uh Voltcast shows. Um, ways to get to us. You can, uh, of course, call us. So again, this is Jeff Smith. Call us at 866-472-5788. You can email me at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me at LinkedIn uh, at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting or Lee Hubert at Voltage Leadership Consulting. And you can follow me on Twitter at jmujeff. So, Lee, today, <clears throat> thanks for coming in, and uh, you know, glad you could be here. Lee works with uh, with the team here at Voltage Leadership Consulting. Uh, fantastic uh, facilitator, coach, able to get out and run board meetings and do amazing things with uh, high potentials. Has just done a fantastic job uh, connecting with all of our folks, and also an awesome guitarist and can, and can play a mean Jethro Tull or, uh, you know, whomever he would like. I do have to admit my Jethro Tull set has been held in very high regard. <laughs> I'll bring that in sometime. By at least Lee. <laughs> any, t- any tall heads out there? <laughs> there you go. So today is, um, Lee and I have been really looking forward to this. When we start shaping up this show, uh, this was one of the very first topics. When we, when mm-hmm. we talk to our leaders, it's... Um, Boy, this just doesn't seem like there's enough time. You know, we get questions like, you know, um, are you able? We ask questions. Let me ask it this way: Are you able to uh, get to your desired outcomes mm-hmm. for the day, the week, the month, or the year? Mm-hmm. You know, are you managing your time or is it managing you? Mm-hmm. Are you happy with where your time goes? I tell you, sometimes at the end of the week, it's been a blur. Other times, it feels like it was really intentional. But there are some weeks you're like, holy cow, where did the week go? Right? Those, those are the words I use. Yeah. <laughs> holy cow. Yeah. And, and celebration of the Cubs. Yeah. Cubs win, yes. Um, 
I, I don't know. Does it ever feel like there's enough time? It, it, it feels like there's always this, uh, there's just not enough time in the day these days. Um, you know, and I would also just say that one of the things we're going to talk about is, are you really, when you actually have time, are you present with mm-hmm. your employees, with your mm-hmm. boss, mm-hmm. with your significant other, in my case, with my wife, with the kids, my direct reports? Mm-hmm. You know, it just feels like there's just so much time. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's never enough there. Um, so we're going to talk about that today. You know, we're going to talk about some time management tips. We're going to talk about how can we do things differently and how can we be the best you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's going to start with some intentionality. But, you know, as you put together this, uh, this was Lee's idea for the title, taking time to be present. You know, what's that mean for you, Lee? And, and what's that mean for our listeners today? Well, interesting question. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be with you again. I think we're on a roll here. Um, Taking time to be present, um, I think it has two key areas. Number one is how you allocate time, mm-hmm. that precious resource called time. Um, and it's, you know, is it allocated to things that matter? The second thing is, to your point, um, you know, how, how to be present in the present. Mm. And if you've ever had that experience where you're talking to somebody, you mentioned your boss, your staff, whomever, your family, your spouse, your significant other, are they pain? Are they present? Right. And you know, you know when you hear the feedback sometimes uh, when you're not. So a lot of times in the workplace, we can avoid misunderstanding, duplication of effort, um, and really build great productive relationships by understanding what it means to be present in the present and taking the time to do so. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm going to run you just through some numbers real quick. This is. Um, from Scott Eblen's uh, Overworked and Overwhelmed. And we had Scott on the show about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And so we all get the same 168 hours in a week. We do. Right. You know, so it's when when everyone talks about, oh, I just don't have enough time. Well, guess what? The president of the United States, the, you know, prime minister of England to, you know, the person that's working on in the manufacturing floor. We all have the same number of hours. There isn't enough time. Yeah, there isn't enough time. But let's talk about where those hours go. So okay. immediately... You know, let's assume eight hours of sleep being times seven days. That's 56 hours. Oh, pause. Yeah. Uh, are you getting eight hours of sleep out there? Exactly. Okay. Probably not. Chad's nodding. Okay. Yeah, probably not. There's a lot that think that they can get by on less than five. Less than 5% of the population can actually do that, but a lot think they can get away with less it. Less than so, five hours you're talking about. Yeah, less than five hours. But okay. only 5% of the population can actually get by on less than five hours. I know. <laughs> so a lot of those that uh, think they can get by with, uh, you know, f- under five hours, they're, they're fooling themselves. That explains a lot. Yeah, that's why, that's why caffeine's so popular yeah. in the United States. <laughs> Uh, so then there's, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, that's another extra hours, right? Uh, you know, two and a half hours or so. So we're down to like 92 hours. Then there's half an hour commute times five days. That's another two and a half hours. We're down to 92. You work 10 hours a day for a lot of you, you know, that's five days of 50 hours. We're down to only 42 hours of discretionary time. 42 hours, Lee. We started with 168. We're down to 42. And, and that is a luxury if you get that, Right. And, you know, uh, this is, again, from Scott's book, um, 72 hours of our time is spent tethered to that thing called the iPhone, the smartphone, where we're still connected, you know, by that rope into the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. So, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of time for us anymore. Do we have time to do this? We're trying to press for time here, Jeff. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why we, you know, it's it's only an hour show. I'm I'm present. I'm present. Present. So, um, you know, Lee, uh, I, I would say, gosh, 
what are some of the uh, practical tips or best practices that you think we can share with our listeners? Maybe you give a few. I'll, I'll throw in a few okay. that I've got. But let's just jump right into some practical tips today. You mentioned an important point, Jeff, just a moment ago about what's it like to be the best you can be. And as you know from Scott Eblen's material, which is really excellent, and I've, I've seen it, read it. I know you're certified in some of it, Life uh, GPS, those Correct. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, how can you be the best thing you can be and be so do so mindfully, which mm-hmm. I which I just love. So you know, how do you determine your your peak times of effectiveness within? You use the word intentionality um, with intention, which I love. I think that's great. Um, and sometimes uh, people aren't able to handle interruptions. They don't know how to say no. They take on too much. Uh, there's all these different factors that that play into that. Mm. So what I'd like to do is to share, let's talk about time management first. If we we go on the premise that, you know, there's two key areas. One is that precious commodity, where do we allocate it? Because we all have the same 168 hours in a week. I mean, we know you all are sleeping at least 40 of them, right? Or 48 of them, right? Eight hours a day. Ha ha. And then uh, how do you manage that? The second part is how to be present. So here are some... uh, 10 uh, common time management mistakes, uh, pointers uh, about, about how to avoid making time management mistakes. The first thing may seem obvious, maybe it's not. It's just you don't have a to-do list. Hmm. Or the reverse I see sometimes people have hyper to-do list-ism. <laughs> I'm sure there's a DSM for that. Yeah, sure. It's an abbreviation for that, an acronym <clears throat> somewhere. But you've got you've got that running notepad, and it's got 17 layers of notes on it. Some of it's like archaeology. You have to dig back a few pages now. Sure. This is what happened last month, and ooh, that was important, but did I remember to update it on my new list? So the other side of that is people don't do that at all, so they kind of just kind of wing it. Yeah, so start with a to-do list, right? You know, and good. Uh, one tip on that that I always suggest is uh, one thing is to do have a to-do list, but also next to it, how long does it take? Because a lot of times what will happen is, you know, why even start something that's going to take an hour if you only have 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. So if you have a, like two five-minute tasks, do those do those two five-minute tasks. But first, have a list, but also maybe write down how long you think it estimate how long it'll take. So when you have a moment, you can scan that list quickly and decide which ones you're going to work on. Ah, forethought. So I'm sure we'll get into, you know, putting the, the big rocks in first and all that in a little yeah, bit. But, but the next two points are just all about that. Uh, Think about uh, prioritizing. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I use the ABC system. Other people use whatever they use. What are their A's, right? Yeah. And am I avoiding the A's that have to happen this week? You know, and you can see, I, I see the heads nodding again. So it's so easy and tempting to go to the C's. I can knock this little C off. And it really doesn't have a great impact. And I haven't even scratched the surface of my A's or my B's. So having the list and prioritizing, and I'll add, to your point, not setting the personal goals for managing uh, time, for mm. for setting the goal and making the the task fit the time. Yeah, I just hit that real quick. Um, one of the time management tips, I mistakes I see is not setting personal goals. You know, so we do all the business stuff, but we don't leave any time for the rest of our life, and we just you know ran through those numbers. Oh yeah, even you know at the best, we're probably you know forty two to fifty hours. You know, maybe we have a day off in a week. So that's a lot of stuff we want to get accomplished. So you got to make sure that your personal goals also have a chance. We'll hit that later, but you know that's well, a, that's a problem. And later, when you're doing that, are you present afterwards for when your people around you are telling you where are you at? Yeah, more about that in a minute. Um, but then you know, another uh, number four on the list for me is the failing to manage distractions. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the, when in my HR practice, you know, when I had people in my roll up in my team, 
here's what I use with my door. If my door is wide open, come on in, talk about your dog, your cat, your grandma, everything's great. If my door is ajar, just open a smidgen, it means knock first, come on in and talk business. If the door is completely closed, it should be something really urgent that needs immediate escalation. You know, otherwise don't, you know, that means my door is closed. But other times people just fail to manage the distractions. I know you've got some thoughts on that. Yeah, I think we'll do that one in a couple minutes. What what are some of these other uh, time management mistakes? Um, Good old fashioned procrastination. Um, I just didn't get to it. Yeah. Um, Then to your point, the next is taking on too much. Um, I can do that. Yes. I can do that. No, no, I can do it. No, I can do that. I can top you. I can do that. (laughs) Yes. And then you get to just, you mentioned thriving on busy. People confuse activity with achievement or activity Mm -hmm. with results. There's the busy disease. Um, Then there's just plain old multitasking. The light on your hard drive is blinking. Are you really doing things well when you're multitasking? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Sure. And just sure. like just like your computer, you probably aren't. And then not taking that the pause that refreshes. Just take it. Just walk away from it for mm-hmm. a minute. You are not in. Uh, indefinite or infinite uh, reserve of resources, you must take some periodic break just to drain your brain Yeah, absolutely. and refocus. And finally, 10 is the ineffectively scheduling tasks. You you mentioned that is like, okay, don't start something that, you know, is going to take an hour. Don't hold an important meeting on Friday afternoon at 4.55. You know, if you've been procrastinating, be honest, own it, and then put it on your calendar and own it. Okay, so a couple of things that I really liked, um, failure to, to keep a to-do list, uh, not setting the personal goals, distractions, um, just taking on too much. And a lot of you I know are out there, you thrive on being busy, you take honor and just like, how are you today? Busy. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy. I can do that. I can do it. I've got it. Um, and then, you know, obviously not taking breaks. And we'll talk about multitasking. When we come back from break, so speaking of time, it's almost uh, time for a break. When we come back from break, what I really want to hit on um, very first is how do we handle interruptions? Because there are just tons of interruptions. In our What'd work. you say? I can't say exactly, okay. exactly. And I'm getting. Hey, you know, Jeff, you got a minute? Boy, he's annoying. Can yeah, you sorry. believe that? So, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you got a second? Well, thanks, uh, Lee, for being here, maybe. Uh, and when we come back from break, we'll pick up on how do we manage interruptions. So, thanks for being with us, and we'll be back in two minutes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. 
The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and I am so glad that you are with us today. I'm here with Lee Hubert, and we are having a conversation about time management tips and best practices about how to stay present and get the most out of your workday. Before the break, we went through the 10 common time management mistakes. What we're going to do now is give you some practical tips and tools. I'm going to start it off by how do we handle interruptions? You know, those those nasty little things, whether mm-hmm. they are, hey, Jeff, you got a minute? Or, hey, Lee, <laughs> hey, I only need like 12 seconds. And he's laughing because Lee was one of those. Yeah, I'm an offender. He might have come by and said, I got two minutes. And next thing I know, he's, he's propped up his feet. His uh, feet are on the desk. I yeah. knew that was a 15-minute there right yeah. then. Yeah. But how do we handle those interruptions? You know, so one of the things that I would say is um, when someone comes to your door, Uh, assuming you have a door, it can be a cube, a door. It's when they ask, do you have time? You can, you can dictate how much time you've got, you know? So uh, yes, I've got time for a one minute. If it's going to be longer than one minute, then we need to do a different time. Mm -hmm. And you can judge sort of by people. And this is not being rude. This is something you talk about in a one-on-one ahead of time. We we talked about one-on-ones previously, Mm -hmm. but that's something that I would talk about in a team meeting or one-on-one saying, Hey, I've got about one minute right now. Mm-hmm. I will even tell you that uh, I work with a gentleman named uh, Kevin Scott. Kevin uh, went out and bought um, sand timers oh. that were like one minute, five minute, and 15 I've minutes. people do that. And yes. he'll flip it over and he says, you got one minute, go. Uh. And you're supposed to be out of there when the sand timer's out there. So that's one idea. Lee, give me a couple of your ideas. I have a healthcare client that does that exact thing to sure. keep them on track. Um, well, a couple other ideas is to block off uh callback time. It's almost like office hours mm. from school. We talked about that a little bit last week. Sure. So what you have to say, if you're come, if I'm the boss, you're coming to knock on my door, and I understand what you have to say is important. Mm-hmm. And remember, we talked about predictable one-on-one, so you're not going to miss me. It's a question of priority a lot of times at that juncture. So part of it uh, is block off callback time, have office hours, and know your people. Right. Now, I'll share this little story anecdotally. This is anonymous, but there was a, a leader in an organization. His name was Jeff. And hey, wait, we, this sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we worked together in this high-rise building a couple floors apart, and I would say, hey, got a minute? 
Sure, Lee, always got a minute, but here's the feedback. Lee, you start talking now, and by the time you get off the elevator two floors from here, you'll be ready to tell me what I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. It is a true story. And we were about two, two, two uh, floors apart, and Lee would always give me the backstory. And, you know, I just said, Lee, it's great, but if you need my time, let's just cut to the chase. Learn behavior, and and I've actually worked really hard over the years to do that. So part of it is about knowing your people. And if you're you're being interrupted, it's you can almost tell. It's like the boss is prioritizing. Whoever you're interrupting is prioritizing. Be respectful of their time. Yeah. I want to go back. This is, again, a couple weeks, too. Watch me in the rescuer. A lot of times, the, the interruptions, mm-hmm. um, you want to jump into like, oh, my gosh, they need me. Let yeah. me save oh, yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And so what I also encourage you is, was this a worthwhile interruption? And so when the person comes and they've interrupted, now you've been, you know, distracted. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the end of it, let them know, hey, in the future, you don't need to interrupt with me with this. We can do it one of two ways. It can be, hey, you're really good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Give them that confidence in saying, hey, your thinking was spot on. Next time, just do it without me. Mm-hmm. Or this could have been one that could have been saved until our one-on-one, mm-hmm. off-ass hours, et cetera, mm-hmm. so that you can start to teach the folks the behaviors. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if you just always answer the question, you become that staples easy button. Oh, yes. And so I'm going to – why would I make a decision? If you're willing to make a decision and you, I can interrupt you, yeah. I'm going to come do it. To, your, to that point, I bump into this frequently when we onboard people all over the country. Yeah. These are smart people, scientific and medical people all over the place. And when they're managing up in the first 90 or 100 days, they're getting their sea level. They're establishing the communication trail up to their boss. So they're trying to find that watermark about how frequently and what kind. And, you know, they'll eventually figure it out. That, like, well, you just said the words. Just next time, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah. One, one last thought on this, and then I'm going to move ahead, is um, when they come and knock on your door, mm-hmm. sometimes walk them back to their desk or their office. Because if they get into your office and sit down, next thing you know, you're in a 15 or half an hour minute meeting. Instead, if you can walk back, now you're in control. And so I often use that where it's like, okay, let's walk back to your place and we get it covered in one to two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm up and about, I can maybe say hi to some of my team and all that and then get back to my desk. So there's not a silver bullet in this, but I do think that it's a letting people know a good time to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. Teaching what, them. what was that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Teaching them when is a good time, like our one-on-ones. Yes. As well as saying, hey, you had this. We didn't need to handle it. Or guess what? We've got this thing called frequently asked questions. We create it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And this question was one that you could have gotten yourself. So teaching people about the tools. Yes. So let's go to this. Um, I'm going to build up off of um, sort of top 10 tips to um, mindfully manage our time. So we're playing um, a little bit with uh, Scott Eblen's work again from the Overworked and Overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about it, go back about a month on Volcast and you can get even more from Scott. Mm-hmm. We touched on this a little bit, but I knew we were going to be uh, doing this pot- this uh, radio show so that we were going to hit this a little heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, Lee, if you could start, I think the first one we've already kind of hit on here, the, the recognize and overcome the tyranny of the present. That's a little bit the interruption. The right? tyranny of the present. Sounds like an off-Broadway show. Mm-hmm. The tyranny of the present. Watch out. Well, you know, the, well, you mentioned something really important just a moment ago. Set the time limit early in the discussion. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about being a victim. Right. You know, are you able to say no? Are you able to to provide boundaries to people? It's like dealing with your kids, right? Right. They're going to know where those boundaries are. They know when <clears throat> dad's an easy mark or they know when, you know, mom's a little tense. They're going to find out where those boundaries are. Your staff and your other people around you will do so, too. Absolutely. So mindfully managing time, that word mindfully from Scott I just I just love that the 
the one commitment we all need to make to, to successfully pursue mindfulness is uh, to manage your time with intentionality. It sounds like cliches, but if you do that, you'll be your best. We talked about it. So the first one, in terms of overcoming the tyranny of the present, there's a certain amount of stuff that you're going to have to do every day. Um, try to manage that flow to give yourself some wiggle room. Okay. If you don't, you're going to fill it up and you're going to have no uh, flexibility whatsoever. Yeah. Second thing is, you just ask yourself, is what is it what we're doing really even necessary? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm the person, just go ahead and do it, right? I ask you that question, just go ahead and do it. Or we you know, we spend all this time around meetings. What? Why, why do we, is this even necessary? Yeah, um, let, me, let me hit that one for just a second. <clears throat> so uh, I had a client that uh, wanted us to spell, fill out an Excel spreadsheet, keep track of all the people that we coached and send it back to them. I missed it one time. Just... <laughs> Plum forgot, and next thing, oh, I didn't even realize it for a whole month. You were probably interrupted when you forgot. Yeah, exactly. So th- it was in October a couple of years ago, and um, then it came to November, and what I'd always done was I just updated. Well, all of a sudden, all the stuff was from September. I'm like, what happened to October? Yeah. Well, I realized they never cared. Yeah. And then, so it took me three to four hours yeah. to compile this information. You know, and so then I just called them. I waited a few days in November. They didn't call. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, I called them and just said, hey, you know, I didn't send it in. It was an accident. You know, I owned what I'd done. Sure. But they're like, oh, yeah, we haven't looked at that like over a year. I'm just like, okay, I'm billing you three hours a month for this. Mm-hmm. But it never dawned on any of us to sort of stop it. Sounds really important to me. Right. And so once we were able to, we instead we moved to a half an hour phone call once a month when we just sort of went over everything that needed to be covered. Mm-hmm. And then we got it done. So stop and ask, do we really need to do this? Another tip here is pushing your calendar's reset button. I love this tip. Um, basically what this is saying is, are we working on the most important things? And what will end up happening is we get stuff that's just stuck on the calendar mm-hmm. and it just stays there. And then it just stays there forever. Next thing you know, you're, you're attending this meeting and you're like, why am I even in this meeting? It's familiar. Yeah. It, and it's just easy. And does the stand up, I mean, does the, the uh, staff meeting always need to be an hour on Tuesdays or has it outlived its usefulness? You're training people to waste time. I heard this. This is a great example. Um, <clears throat> again, this came from Scott in our interview uh, with him. He works with the CEO where they look at the calendar every Friday mm-hmm. and they look and say, how do we take eight hours of the next week? Because often if you think about it, what happened was those commitments that you agreed to two and three weeks ago mm-hmm. were a priority two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now when it's Friday and you're looking to the next week, mm-hmm. are they still the same priority? Mm. Could you delegate that to somebody else? Mm-hmm. It, would your time be spent some better somewhere else? Could you send somebody and just get a five-minute debrief? So my challenge to you is, why don't you start on Fridays, looking a week ahead, two weeks ahead, and saying, do I still need to attend all this? And then at least twice a year, I have my folks that I coach sit down and really assess, are they spending the time on the right things? And where would they want to spend their time? So literally, I had a guy last two weeks ago, he had 45 hours of standing meetings <laughs> before the weekend started. There was no time to do any work, so he had to reset. He must have been really important. He was in. He's a he's in a significant position, but he's not the CEO and he's not in C suite. Were you interrupting him when you pointed this out? <laughs> well, uh, we've never been able to have a whole hour conversation without him being interrupted. Let's go there. There, there you go. Uh, here's uh, number four, um, and we'll probably do one more here before the break. Um, understand and set your operating rhythm. Learn what works for you in optimizing your time, energy, attention throughout the day. Uh, We do something at Voltage called um, time metabolism. And what that really means is trying to understand what part of the day is the best time for you to do activities. Ouch. 
Yeah, so you know, here in about an hour, I know Lee hits his sinking spell about two thirty <laughs> in the afternoon, and you know he just needs a little break from 2:24, me. Two twenty four, exactly two twenty four in the afternoon. Ooh, yeah, what you, just happened here? You can notice my voice is picked up. Mine's about one fifteen. So <laughs> my sinking spell is always during the radio show. So, no, but. First thing in the morning, I am full of energy, so I love to do things early in the morning. And so I'm going to have coaching sessions. I'm going to facilitate in the morning, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Learning your operating rhythm is critical, and then figuring out when do you need to be at your best thinking or leading your team and matching your activities to that. Really, and so if you're going to be present and there's something that is important and you've scoped your calendar and have done everything you've talked about so far, don't do it during that time when you're not your best. That's right. Just common sense half the time. Well, here are these rocks that you were talking about earlier. You want to talk about rocks? Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody has, is balancing you know, multiple demands for your time. Mm-hmm. So in the prioritization, we've done this in multiple, many uh, management offsites. You know, we have a jar, we have rocks, we have sand, we have rocks of different sizes. How are you going to get everything into the jar? So you right. have to think about it. It's a thought exercise. So you put the big rocks in the jar first. So envision the jar. You've got some uh, rocks about the size of, I don't know, a quarter or, so, or you know, bigger rocks. And then everything else is smaller. You will not fit everything in the container unless you put the big rocks in first. Exactly. So big rocks are things like... Um, one-on-ones with your staff. Your A priorities. A priorities. So one-on-one with staff, uh, personal time, right? Well, absolutely. For me, that's important. You know, uh, I know we both like to get out and go for a jog, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, um, especially once I get my knee healed up. But yeah, that too. <clears throat> yeah. So for um, this section, one of the things that I'd want you to know is, yeah, the big rocks really matter. And if you're not careful, your day gets filled up with emails and interruptions. Sand. Sand. sand all yep. those little pebbles. Yep. So... We're about ready for another interruption here, so we are <laughs> at uh, our break. So um, Lee and I will come back on the other side. We've got five more uh, leadership um, time management tips for you. So we'll be back in two minutes and looking forward to talking to you after two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. If you are seeking more confidence, it is time to feel good naked. That's the name of the radio show hosted by Laura Redmond. Each week, Laura and her guest experts are here to help you be you. In order to be truly successful and happy, you need self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. Feel Good Naked Radio will teach you how to embrace these qualities and make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Listen live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be proud of who you really are from the inside out. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and we've been talking about time management tips today and best practices. I'm here with Lee Hubert, and Lee and I have been in a, engaged in a conversation just sharing some of our best practices that, that we use with folks that we coach, mm-hmm. facilitate, and talk to. Mm-hmm. So before the break, we had gone through sort of our top five um, part of the list on how do you mindfully manage time. We just left off on most important rocks. And so I really just want to stress to people, um, we often put our business first. Don't forget to put those personal rocks in. Uh, also remember like your health and fitness and whatever else is important to you, but making sure that gets on the calendar. As we continue on, um, Lee, you know, I think you've got the next tip up. Well, yeah, what we were talking about is uh, taking some time for offline thought or unconscious thought. Mm-hmm. And this is what you think it is. And then we'll get into the gearbox in a little bit. It's going offline. And I don't mean offline being tethered to an electronic device like Scott Eblen puts, talks about. It means like, as you know, we go go jog, go move your feet, uh, go play a guitar, go golfing, you know, do whatever you're going to do. I'd find that when I'm in that offline place, you know, then all of a sudden, wham, all the ideas come. Yeah, and I'd encourage, put thinking time on your calendar. I know it sounds crazy. The first couple times you do it, you're going to stink at it. I'm just promising you. Mm-hmm. Because we're so busy. Our attention spans are so short. Mm-hmm. But I try to put um, about two hours of thinking time a week on my calendar. Wednesday afternoons um, from 4 to 5, and then Friday afternoons from 1 to 2. Do I honor it every week? No. Mm-hmm. But what I try to do is just what Lee said. I try to not have a computer. I try to walk. I try to just think about my week and what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but, you know, and, and it's not always honored every time. But I tell you, when I do, I always come back refreshed. Um, another one is setting boundaries and guardrails. So basically, this is um, we need to be consistently our best. And to do that, we have to be able to set boundaries mm-hmm. so that we can rechart ourselves. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit more in, in the next segment here. Mm-hmm. But this is, are you protecting some of your own time? And so one of the, the habits I've gotten into uh, based off of this work is being able to, when I get home, I put the um, smartphone away so that five to eight o'clock is family time. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's just become a boundary and a guardrail. I, I also will talk to people and say, hey, look, I'm in a one-on-one. I don't want to be interrupted. This is mm-hmm. the time that I've got to coach Lee or mm-hmm. Jennifer or Marissa that, you know, I just can't be interrupted. Office hours. Office hours, right? And so do you set boundaries and guardrails? Vacations are another critical thing. You know, I can't tell you how many people now feel like it's their, uh, that they must check in from vacation. You know, if you feel like you really must do that, A, I'm sad. 
But could it be that maybe you only give them a half an hour in the morning? You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to check in from 8 to 8.30, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the vacation time is yours. Trying to figure out those boundaries and guardrails. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love, the. Uh, in fact, the, the imagery about boundaries and guardrails. People are so overwhelmed right now, and they're tethered to their electronic devices. And to your point about thinking just a moment ago, sometimes it takes people just a certain amount of time just to crank down, just right. to get calm. Well, this is kind of a funny one. If you, uh, we get, we like to go to Disney World about oh every twelve to eighteen months. Mm-hmm. And so, if you would ever see me in Disney World, I'd be walking around with a pink case uh, because the Mickey ears too. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. Uh-huh. Uh, here's why. Um, we still need phones because we're going to text, and with a family of where there's six of us total, we've got four kids. So when mm-hmm, Beth and sure. I go. We still need a phone. Right. But if I've got my phone, it's just a little tempting to mm-hmm. check that email. And I found myself one time when I was standing in line with Olivia, my oldest, where I checked something. And it wasn't anything that I needed to see. But once it was there, the next half an hour, I was back in workplace in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I totally missed that 30 minutes of standing in line of having that connection. And so what I've done is uh, I swapped phones with Beth. And so then I've got her pink phone. I can't check my email, but I still have an ability to text her back and say, where are we? Where are we meeting for lunch? And so we've been able to do it. But that's an example of a boundary of I'm not going to check email. And I know that I'm not perfect. And if it's there, I'm going to do it. So better just to be able to, to not have it. You're controlling the tyranny of the present by removing the present. If you if your smartphone's not there, you're, they're, they're not going to get you. Exactly. Here's tip number eight. Use yes and no strategic strategically. So use yes and no strategically. One of the quickest ways to end up feeling overwhelmed and overworked is to mindlessly say yes to every request. Mm, Mindlessly. Yes, I like that. My friend Derek Strand, who I used to work with, uh, he's out of Richmond. Um, Derek used to say this. In some cultures, it's very hard to say no. And so instead of saying no, what he would suggest is saying yes more slowly. And so (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Isn't that great, Derek? Yeah. Yeah, yes. What that meant was uh, instead of saying yes, it's more of a, hey, uh, I'm honored that you would think of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, would it be possible for Lee to, to do this in, in my place? Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, you know, you're saying that you need by Friday. With all the things that I've got going on, I think I could do it, but I will not be available to do it until the following Friday. Mm-hmm. So you, see how you're not saying no? Because some cultures I know that you guys work in, sure. it'd be very hard to say no. It'd be disrespectful. Some of the cultures would be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit about how do you sort of navigate I'd also just say, watch saying yes. You know, a lot of us are pleasers. The best thing about getting a little older is uh-huh. that I'm much more willing to say no. I was recently asked to, to join a board, mm-hmm. and I was able to say to them, hey, I'm honored. I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But given that the, I'm already on a couple boards, uh, I'm running my own business, I coach one of my kids' sports teams, I'm honored. But if I attended to that, I just wouldn't be able to serve you well. Could I give you another name? And so it, it it felt good to me to not just say no, but to be able to give a name. So managing your yeses and nos is going to be Let a critical Let me add to that thought if I can, because this is really, really important for in our clients in finance, in healthcare, in laboratory, in distribution, in technology. Just about everybody I've bumped into in doing management on, on sites and training. Of the sometimes you hear the words we're doing more with less, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the word pleasers or people don't want to be able to say no. They don't put the guardrails up. Right. Their family goes begging. The answer is yes. Hey, Ms. Manager, Mr. Manager, can you handle this? I can do that. I can name that tune. Now, I'll tell you, I've been walking down the hall months and weeks later, and I look into the eyes of some of these leaders, and there's walking wounded, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying they're not invested in their job and all that. That's not my point. My point is, I think there are times it's unrealistic what the expectations can be, what they will accept, and sometimes what leadership is willing to put on them uh, without thinking about it. 
Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, you know, I think often we think that we need to be a superhero as a leader mm-hmm. and say that we're going to hit something by Monday mm-hmm. when maybe the person asking for it is happy a week later. Mm-hmm. So I think part of this too is just saying, hey, we may still be doing this work, but does it have to be done by Monday mm-hmm. and folks don't have to give up their whole weekend? Is it possible to be due by Wednesday or Thursday instead of always just saying, yes, we'll do it? Hey, how about yes? And we're going to have it by Wednesday. Is that acceptable? I'm amazed how often people are like, absolutely. Yeah, or And or is it acceptable to have a logical and good point of delegation? Yeah. Hey, Lee, was that, uh, was that a dragon that I just saw? Yeah, you saw the uh, distraction dragon. Say that, say that 10 times <laughs> fast. You know, one of the things for tip number nine, which is a big one, is taming the distraction dragon. Yeah. Um, you know, check your email at specific times of the day. Ignore them the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. If you were to, I ask this a real lot of people, if you were to name the top two or three things that take you off task that get you distracted what are they and if you could reduce them or eliminate them what would that do for you what would that spring you to focus on that's really important yeah absolutely. So, so name them for me mm-hmm. some people are political junkies in the blogosphere some people are on the sports radio some people are digital zombies walking around with their smartphones whatever that thing is that's really a, kind of taking time what are they and how can you reduce them? Yeah, so yeah, we got we got tame that dragon and email that is not always real work. So watch email, Facebook, check in as well as you know, the, mm-hmm. the the person that's two cubes over that always comes over and talks about the latest TV show. Hello. That can be the distraction dragon as well. So, yeah, good. Ab- absolutely. All right, I think we're ready for number 10 here. Number 10 is consider your impact. Um, you know, you're communicating with what you say, with what you don't say, with your body language, with your eye contact. You know, you're doing a one-on-one with somebody, and if you're not present, some people are going to take away from that experience disrespect. Yeah, I'd also add on this um, – are you a workaholic? Are you the one that's sending the text at, you know, 10 o'clock at night? And that means that everybody feels like they got to answer. You know, so what's your impact on the workplace too, right? So it's interesting in, in my, uh, in our company here, there are times that I get emails from people on the team and I'm really cognizant of if I respond, does that become the new norm that we're going to be communicating on the weekends? And is that what we really want as a firm? Mm. And so we have to really think about, you know, are you the one that's promoting this like, workaholism and all There's that. There's something to that because yeah. you get that text or that email and it's like 2 o'clock in the morning or you know 11.30 at night and you go, really? Exactly. So, hey, nice shout out to uh, Scott Evelyn again for uh, these top 10, tim- mm-hmm. top 10 <laughs> tips. It's easy, easy for you to say. Yeah, really. Again, from overworked and overwhelmed. So, excellent work, Scott. I hope those helped you a little bit uh, more substantial on that. Uh, we're going to hit a little bit uh, about being present um, when there's just never enough time. Uh, so, you know, Lee, you know, I know you've talked about office hours and all that, but when we're talking about being present, what are some of the best practices you've seen and, and what does it mean to you? Let's talk about what being present is. We, okay. had, we had a couple definitions. If you look up in a dictionary, it means the period of time happening now, living in the present moment, the here and now. Um, the opposite of present is what happens to a lot of people. It means you are absent. Mm. And the definition of absent, being absent, is the unique ability to discourage or confuse your staff, <laughs> your customers, your significant others by not being present, not paying attention to what is being said or what is being done. Okay. And even the synonym to that are things like distracted, preoccupied, inattentive, vague, absorbed, uh, Far away, lost in thought, in one's old world, blank, vacant, empty, <laughs> miles away. So what I hear is that for us to 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 really connect and get the 
maximum out of uh, our experience with people on our teams is that we've both got to be present and we've got to have good time management tips so that we're able to, to meet them where they are. Know your people, know yourself, manage your time, be present. Fantastic. So what I'd like to talk a little bit about, we'll, we'll start it here and then we'll continue this conversation. Um, you and I both love the book uh, Five Gears. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it is an outstanding book um, by Jeremy Kubasek and Steve Cockrum. Mm-hmm. Five Gears, how to be present and productive when there's not never enough time. There's a good YouTube video, uh, about five minutes that you can look up. There's also, um, you know, we'll, we'll explain the model here. But, you know, there, there are five gears, which, you know, in America, that's a sort of a standard uh, car. Mm-hmm. And so if you can just picture this is kind of how we show up in a car. So why don't we uh, run through the gears quickly and then we'll do a deeper dive. Here's the gearbox. Like you say, we use the gearbox analogy. You're trying to go someplace. Um, first gear is when you feel fully rested and you recharge. Second gear is when you are connecting with friends or family in non-business mode. Third gear is kind of the middle gear. You shift up or shift down. Important gear when you're socializing, including the workplace. Fourth gear is when you're working and multitasking. Most people spend around 80% of their work time in fourth gear. And Mm -hmm. more about that in a second. Fifth gear is when you are really in the zone. This is your focused time. You're working without Hmm. Interruptions. Okay. Sure. You're usually sure. working on a strategic project. And then we have this thing called reverse, which is really good because we just don't go in one direction forward all the time. We make mistakes and have to back up and say, you know what? I own this. Absolutely. So those are the five gears. Um, we'll do a deeper dive on those in just a moment. Uh, I think that we're probably in fourth gear where we're working and multitasking. It's uh, time. You got a second, Jeff? Yeah, I think it's time for uh, another break. So when we come back after the break, we'll give you a little more deeper dive into five gears. But we'll be back in two minutes after the break. Thanks. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and uh, thanks for being here with us today. I've got Lee Hubert with me, and we've been discussing uh, leadership uh, time management tips, how to be present. And right before the break, we went through the five years model, and we're going to do a little deeper dive with that and then wrap up with some of our best practices and tips. Mm-hmm. So, Lee, as we kind of quickly went through the the five years, you know, what are some of the ways that you use this five years with our clients? Well, you mentioned one in particular, and I'll, I'll call it one of the big personal rocks when you were at, your, at Disney World. All right. You know, you understood that you were in fourth gear or attempted to be in fourth right. gear. Absolutely. Which, which Multitasking. Was, which sure. was business mode, and you had this... Uh, first or second gear experience or second gear experience with your daughter mm-hmm. that would have gone begging. Yeah. So astutely you understood that and swapped phones with your spouse. So that's a that's that's a great example. But um, I, there's so many. Um, one I think of. Uh, remember in our first shows we talked about the DISC uh, profile and how people are wired. We work with a lot of different leaders who have a, a fair amount of D or C in their profile. Right. Uh, I can think of one person in the world of finance who's a brilliant person, does great work, but managing the staff when they get into this person's airspace, um, they're really thinking the the leader's kind of cold and distant, and it's really not so. Yeah. So one of the things I think I'd have folks do with this is um, figure out your gear order. Mm-hmm. And so understanding which gears are easiest to get into and mm-hmm. which ones are the hardest. You know, so for me, fourth gear, pretty easy, mm-hmm. right? You know, the multitasking, doing a bunch of tasks and getting a lot of stuff done. Believe it or not, second year, pretty good. You know, I'm I'm able to stop and enjoy my family, um, really connect with I friends. I believe it. Yeah, so I'm good at that. First year, yeah, sometimes good, sometimes not. This is maybe taking um, time to do some deep breathing, getting a run in, making sure you get all your rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I The gear that's the hardest for me is fifth gear, mm-hmm. and that's the really the focus time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I picture we're driving down the interstate, you're kind of in cruise control, you, sometimes you you lose track of even like the exit and mm-hmm. how occasionally how fast are you going? Yeah. But you you know it's just wow things are flying by. To me that's like when when I really hit it is a great coaching session. Maybe when I'm giving a speech. Uh, sometimes when I'm writing our blogs, mm-hmm. you know I can really get into it. But then there are other times I sit down to do it and it's just like I can't do it. You know. So what happens? How do you suggest people work on their gears when you know once they've identified it? What do you do to sort of start to work on these gears? Well, let me use the financial leader I was just talking mm-hmm. about. You know, we got into we got behind the manager's closed door. Right. In this case, it was me. Right. We did a coaching mode, and we were talking earnestly about what was his default gear. Yep. Where did you start? So. He defaulted almost always more than 80% to fourth gear. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he will tell you, I'm not interested how your weekend was. <laughs> you know, I don't care what, you know, what, you know, it didn't show up on his radar screen. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't care, but right. it's just not he, how he was wired. Right. Very high C on the disc. So, what we did in coaching mode into for him to be present was to say, look, downshift. Right. Start in third gear. Good. People are going to look at that and go, okay, you know, maybe you talk about the World Series or, God forbid, the election or whatever else is going on in the contemporary day, but that's not all business. Yeah, I I work with a similar one that uh, he's always in fourth or fifth gear. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. He's got CEO potential. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. People don't really want to work with him because he's always in fourth or fifth gear. Yes. And so 
um, I talked to him about getting to a meeting like five minutes early mm-hmm. and just asking, you know, talk about the sports team. Mm-hmm. Be able to just ask about people's weekend. He's got some folks that get grandkids. Ask those questions. He's like, you're kidding me. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, you're really going to do this. Well, he comes back a few weeks later, and his engagement scores went up tremendously. Think about that. You know, and it's not that he's like so much better. The intensity of instead of coming in immediately at two o'clock, yes. bam, here we go. Yep. There was this warm up period. Mm-hmm. He's still intense. He's still got sharp elbows. Yep. But people feel like they, that he really cares. And now he knows a little bit more so that when he's in between meetings, he follows up a little bit. I like the warm-up thing, too. Yeah. If you think about it, you mentioned the word enga- engagement. And this whole thing is wrapped in the word intentionality. That right. is on purpose, by design, and you've given it forethought. So if somebody comes in and you know, you're know you all business all the time, and, and there's fine, that's, that's appropriate sometimes, but not everybody thinks that way. Right. Well, and I, another way I've used it after I read this was um, I realized that um, I didn't always use second gear like I could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take Henry to school, my youngest, often, and it's only a couple minutes away. It's probably a seven, eight-minute venture when I take him. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I continue on and go to work. Um, those seven or eight minutes, I was treating it like year four. Mm-hmm. It was just one more thing to do. The radio was on. Oh, yes. There was like, you know, uh, uh, there's a long stoplight in between. I check email. Mm-hmm. After reading this book and, and listening to these guys, I turn the radio off. I put the phone away. Mm-hmm. And that seven or eight minutes, I really connect with Henry. Look, I was, I was going to spend those seven or eight minutes the same way. It's at 730. I've already skimmed email. I know what's going on. Instead, now, Henry and I really connect. We laugh. We have a good time. So when he gets home that night, I'm able to get back into second gear with him. Instead of it being, oh, it was just a fourth year activity. No, let me understand this. You still only have 168 hours in your week. I still only have And you didn't have that new time. I did not. Okay, well. I, I repurposed say, it, though. Well, yeah, well, repurposing. I love it. My default gear when I wake up a lot is fourth gear. Yeah, a lot of people do. And you put that pad next to your bed, and it's like, write it down, or, ooh, it may go away. <laughs> I don't want to miss it, right? But then I realize I need to downshift, especially I get around in my wife, Jane, we're at Smith-Mont Lake. It's beautiful. There are times... I'm out there pitching, you know, brainwaves, and she's like, what? (laughs) I love that. Well, I think that's great. Um, You know, the five gears, we'll give it some more justice here in in some future shows. You know, I think we learned a lot about it. Again, the challenge for for that I'd have you um, do is learn about it, figure out uh, which gears are easiest, which Mm -hmm. ones are the hardest, and then start to play with that a little bit. And see if that doesn't help you be more present and connected to the people that you're running around with. I would add one thought to that. And, and for leaders, it's the constructive and, and purposeful use of fifth gear right. with intentionality. When you, Fifth gear is that zone when you're thinking, wow, two hours has gone by and you didn't even notice it because you were catching some serious gray matter. Right. That is beautiful time it, to be in forethought, strategic planning mode. You're not <clears throat> interrupted and you really are your best. Is there one last uh, tip here before I wrap up the show? Well, just uh, what we were talking about before. Remember, the two things that we're saying is, you know, know how to manage your time and know your people. Right. Take the time to know your people. Good. And I think that if you listen back to the sort of the tips and understanding, don't try to do all 10 of these. You know, pick one, pick two. You know, I have a to-do list. I want to get them all done. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So take a deep breath you know, <laughs> and go back and really say, okay, there's one I want to do. Maybe I want to work on, you know, three nights a week. I put my phone away from five to eight mm-hmm. and I don't recheck it. You know, don't think, expect you're going to be perfect. Um, so it's been a fabulous show uh, back with you, Lee. Yes, Thanks sir. for being here. Yes, sir. Next week, uh, we're going to have John Hagmeyer on the show. John is um, started out as a teacher and a coach. And ended up starting his own software business for education. Uh, grew the business from really the the couch to 
to a 100-person organization. Mm -hmm. It sold earlier this year. And uh, John is a CEO, an entrepreneur, a really fantastic guy. He's also very active in his community. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have him and talk about his leadership lessons, things that he learned, and give us some real practical advice about what he did right and some things he'd done, wish he'd done differently. So John will be on the show next week on Illuminating Leadership. Uh, So we look forward to seeing you next week at 1 o'clock. Just in wrap-up, thanks again so much for being with us from all over the world. Lee, thanks for being here and giving your insights again. Uh, If you would like to reach us during the week, please call us at area code 540-798-1963. You can email me at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting. You can connect with Lee at Lee Hubert at Voltage Leadership Consulting. Follow me on Twitter at JNU Jeff. You've been listening to Illuminating Leadership. We'll see you next week at 1 o'clock with John Hagmeyer. Thanks, and make it a great week. Thank you for tuning in to VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.